Welcome to the Pride of Detroit preview podcast. It's first bite. Hey, everybody. <laughs> We're back. We're ready to preview a Lions game after a bye week. Lions versus Jaguars. As you can see, if you're watching live on twi- Twitch, it's the game of the week. The 0 and 4, or the, sorry, the 1 and 4 Jaguars versus the 1 and 3 Detroit Lions. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am your host of First Bite. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, my co host for First Bite, Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, how are we doing tonight? Uh, I drank coffee at six o'clock in the evening, so I'm zooted. Love it. <laughs> Love it. That's the kind of energy we need for this huge matchup. NFC versus AFC. Titan versus Titan. Cat scratch <laughs> fever. I don't know. What else do you want? I don't we should, know. We, we shouldn't be talking about people getting fevers in this day and age. That's true. Why would you do that? And then bring attention to it. In this economy. <laughs> Anyways, if you're new to First Bite, our our preview podcast, we like to bring on a guest from the other side to see what the matchup looks like from their point of view. And this week is no exception. This week we have Ryan O'Blenis over from Big Cat Country. He's a staff writer there, but you also may know him locally as the managing editor over at The Only Colors, the Michigan State blog over at SB Nation. Ryan, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to be here, too. Um, The bye week was a nice break for us, but at the same time, I would really love to get on that winning streak going again. And uh, no offense, Ryan, but the Jaguars seem like a a kind of team in which uh, the Lions may be able to do that. Um, So let's get started where it all started this year. Let's start with the offseason in Jacksonville. It was was an eventful one for Jacksonville. Um, They seemed to go on a bit of a fire sale. They traded Dick Foles, A.J. Bouye, Bouye, Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe. They cut Leonard Fournette. What happened? Was this was this a necessary blow up or was this just like everything reached a fever pitch with the dysfunction over in Jacksonville and, you know, it, it was just a crater? I think to a degree, some of it was a necessary purge. But, you know, there's other players that I, I wish that they either kept or, you know, got more for, such as Calais Campbell you know, basically mm-hmm. traded him away for a ham sandwich. Like he still, you know, he's older, but he still has a lot to give. Um, and, and he was a great leader for the team that said uh, Jacksonville really wanted to go to, to a youth movement. Um, you know, there, there are 16 rookies, including four undrafted rookies on the roster right now. Um, so, you know, this is a team that is, you know, not really built to compete right now. So lions definitely have a chance this weekend, but it, you know, things are looking brighter for the future. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, so so far in this like 2020 season, like the defense has just been absolutely like abysmal. What's what's going on with their defense? What's going on on you know the defensive side of the ball? Is anything going right? Is anything trending in the right direction, or is it just all bad, bad, bad? Uh, you know, Miles Jack has been the one bright spot I'd say on the defense. He he was playing pretty much at like an All Pro level through the first three games. I think he had 11 tackles in each. Um, he missed last week's game. Uh, so, but the Jaguars, they signed Joe Schobert in the off season. Um, and so now he's playing Mike in the middle that allowed Jack to slide over to the will position on the weak side, which is a much more natural fit for him. Um, you know, early in his career, he played on the strong side and, and looked promising. Um, then for whatever reason, the coaching staff decided to, to switch him over to Mike. Um, and that really didn't work out. He's much more of a sideline to sideline guy and, you know, shouldn't be responsible for calling the plays. Just let him, uh, 
you know, run free and make plays. So, you know, that's been the bright spot. But, yeah, the, the defense overall has been very, very bad. Um, you know, Todd Walsh, the defensive coordinator, he rarely calls blitzes for whatever reason. Um, and he <laughs> the Jaguars just struggle to get pressure. They struggle to get sacks. They can't get off the field on third down. And, again, they're a really, really young unit. Um, you know, you got C.J. Henderson starting at cornerback, the ninth overall pick after your boy Okuda. Mm-hmm. Um, and – you know, he, he looked very good in the in the first game against the Colts and has kind of struggled a little bit since, had his ups and downs. He didn't play last week either against Houston. Uh, and, you know, there's some other young guys that are, are really having to step in and get reps, like, you know, the Jaguars' other first-round pick, Caleb on chase on defensive end. Um, you know, he's getting his reps in. Davon Hamilton from Ohio State, like these guys, um, you know, they and, and DJ Hayden, the nickelback, he got hurt, former Lion. Um, yep. He you know, so he missed last week too. So, you know, that they've dealt with some injuries there um, and, and the team just doesn't have a lot of depth to deal with injuries. Um, but even the starters are, are, you know, there's a lot of growing pains there. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think we're going to draw a lot of parallels during this preview of, of how similar the teams are, especially defensively. You, you say For a lot sure. of things that I'm yeah. sure Lions fans are nodding their head to not blitzing a lot, not getting a lot of pressure, not a lot of depth anywhere. The only difference might be that, the Jaguars have an excuse. They're they send away all their good players and they're super young. <laughs> the Lions sent away all their good players, but kind of just replace them with old players. And so it's certainly not as uh, optimistic on our end. But uh, let's dive a little bit into that rookie class because, as you mentioned, there's 16 rookies on that roster, um, 12 of them being draft picks. You mentioned a little bit about C.J. Henderson, um, Clayvon Chason. Are there are there any other guys that are getting significant playing time, maybe standing out at all? Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, LaVisca Chenault's being used kind of like a Swiss Army knife, the second-round pick out of uh, Colorado. He's a wide receiver, but he, you know, he also lines up as a halfback, as a wild wild uh, cat quarterback, um, you know, line up in the slot, he'll play out wide. You know, they just want to get the ball in his hands, and he looks promising. He's hard to t- take down. He's a big man, but he's fast. You know, he dealt with some injuries at Colorado, but and actually I don't think he practiced today with the hamstring thing, but so far so good with him. Um, so yeah, I like him a lot, and uh, you know James Robinson, the undrafted free agent. That's really been the big surprise at uh, running back. You know he was the reason why the team felt comfortable moving on from Leonard Fournette, and you know just even after watching the first game or two for him, you know why he he's very dynamic. He's good um, out of the backfield catching the ball. He can run the ball. He's not afraid to run around you or run you over if he has to. You know he hurdles some dudes. He's just a he's a good player, and he he was a gem of a find as an undrafted state. So the problem with him though is that the Jaguars have often been playing from behind lately. So you know because of game script, he hasn't been involved late in the game. And to me, you know the Jaguars, especially against the Lions' rush defense, they need to give him the ball and they need to grind the clock and open up things for Gardner Minshew in the passing game. Yeah, and I mean, you touched on the offense a little bit right there, Ryan, but, um, you know, their offensive numbers in terms of, like, their their efficiency numbers and, and things of that nature seem to be pretty good. Like, the Jags seem to be, like, a pretty, like, solid team on offense. What's really, what's really the reason for that? And um, I know you mentioned the run game doesn't have a chance to flourish. Uh, do you think that's something that'll really happen this week against Detroit? Um to answer your second question first, yes, I do. Because, again, <laughs> the Lions' deep rush defense is about as bad as the Jaguars. Um, but, 
I, I think Jay Gruden, the offensive coordinator, has done had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, he calls good plays. I think Minshew is a good fit for the system that he's trying to run with his kind of variation of the West Coast. They use some, you know, pre-snap motion, a little bit of play action, a little bit of deception, stuff like that. Um, the problem with the offense is that um, you know, they just need to do it on more of a consistent basis. Um, you know, they're, they're good on first down, but, you know, they struggle on third down. So, you know, you're picking up yards on first down that's all good but you know you got to move the chains once you get into those third down fourth down type situations and um you know so it's been a a real shift because you know like the 2017 jaguars team that went to the afc championship that was built all around the defense and the offense was you know terrible blake bortles was at the helm and um you know actually that team had a good rushing attack but that's besides the point the point is the jaguars have struggled offensively for many years and the defense has been good and now it's kind of the opposite of that um i will say in in last week's game against houston it was uh a little bit more of the defense stepping up and a little bit more of the issues with the offense with turnovers and things like that but overall so far this season the offense has definitely been more of the strength I want to touch more on the offense because it's really interesting to me. You look at all like the rate sets, like Ryan was saying, you know, they're rushing for four, six a carry as a team. Minshew's got a, almost 100 passer rating and, and averaging 7.3 yards per attempt, which isn't fantastic, but not bad at all. Yet the team is 26th, I think, in scoring. Um, is the reasoning for that simply they're always playing from behind and they have to push the ball? Is it, you know, they're, they're turning the ball over? You mentioned not good on third down. What what exactly is holding this team back from simply scoring? Because I look at even the red zone numbers are good. They, they score an average of five point six yards per red zone trip. It was six in the NFL. So I'm I've, I've struggled to find what exactly the reason is for for the low scoring on offense. Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? Um, I think that with the Jaguars, they kind of they are playing from behind a lot. So I think maybe some of those numbers are inflated in the fourth quarter. But I wouldn't say that is you know the reason for why their numbers look good if you look at Minshew's stats he's completing something like 72 percent of his passes something like that so he's been highly efficient in that regard but um yeah there's been you know like I said issues on third down there's been issues with turnovers there's been issues with some of the play calls in certain situations like I was saying earlier I like Jay Gruden's play calling overall um but there was a play last week with Houston where it was like fourth and one or something like that. And they tried to do some reverse pass with James Robinson. He fumbled the ball, um, you know, just stuff like that. Like, you know, similar to being a Lions fan, being a Jaguars fan is, is a lot of uh, a lot of heartbreak. And you just come to kind of expect that kind of stuff with them. Um, but with, you know, the offense, they, they are able to pick up a decent amount of yards in the air but yeah they are playing from behind a lot so maybe that has something to do with it uh, there was an article on big cat country i wrote last week about uh you know their formation tendencies and things like that um and i think they're a little bit predictable too because when they're in the shotgun it was something like 84 percent of the time they're passing the ball when they're under center it's something like 73 percent running the ball Um, so i think maybe defensive coordinators are, are possibly catching on to that a little bit um so you know i don't have like one definitive answer to that question i think it's multiple things um but overall yeah the offense is improved um but the scoring is still the, the major issue 
Yeah. So speaking of some other issues that the Jaguars might have this weekend, you got no LaVisca Chanel, as you mentioned, uh, at practice on Wednesday. No DJ Shark do 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 do. Um, who are the backups at wide receiver? Like, do does does Jacksonville have an emergency plan there? Do they have any depth at wide receiver? Uh, yeah. So. You know, Chark, obviously the uh, the offense changes a lot if he's not available. You saw that in the Miami Dolphins game. Um, so, you know, the, the backup receivers you got. So, obviously, Chark is their number one. Um, Keelan Cole's really stepped up this year, kind of filled that number two role. Uh, Chris Conley, uh, also kind of number two, number three. He, he had a bad game against the Dolphins in which Chark uh, missed. So, you know, when, if Chark is going to miss this week's game, look for him to try to step up. Um, then, you know, there's Chenault, obviously. There's another rookie, Colin Johnson. He's six foot six, big target. Um, so, and, you know, D.D. Westbrook has been a guy that has been inactive for a lot of these games, um, you know, because I guess they, they feel good with those other receivers. You know, so if Chark misses, then he'll probably be active. But those are the names to watch out for at receiver. Um, in, in other injury news, it does look like Josh Allen and, and Miles Jack are at least trending in the right direction. You mentioned they missed last week's game. I think they practiced at least in a limited fashion on Wednesday. How much of a difference does it make uh, if, if those two are in the game, especially since, as you were mentioning, not a lot of pass rush coming from this team? I think they only have, what, five sacks on the season or so? Yeah, not very many. Um, and, yeah, so so Josh Allen makes a, a big difference, even if he's not getting to the quarterback or getting the sacks and the pressure. I think he's commanding that kind of attention from the offense, you know, double teams or things like that. And um, like I said, Miles Jack, he's been playing at an all pro level. So, you know, if he is able to go this week, that's going to make a huge difference. I think for the Jags, Um, you know, with Allen, he's, he had a very promising rookie year, Um, a bit of a slow start this year, but again, I think that's because, you know, offenses are giving him more attention. Um, So, it would just be nice to see somebody else step up like Chase on or, you know, uh, Adam Gostas or Taven Bryan, for God's sakes. <laughs> he's been, he's been, uh, you know, had a really rough start to his career. I'd wow. say. That's and, a, that's, that's yeah. a name that a lot of Lions fans really liked in the pre-draft process. I remember I, even myself, I was a, a big Tavon Bryan fan. What's, what's been the deal with him so far? inconsistency he's just you know he's shown flashes um i think the jaguars initially tried to start him out as a defensive end they realize he's more natural playing in the interior um you know trying to rush the passer from you know three technique and stuff like that um and he's just like i said he's shown flashes but he just hasn't done it on a consistent basis um so that's kind of the next step for him is kind of taking that role on more and you know just helping his team out more all right, I got one more question before we head into our first break. I want to talk a little bit about Gardner Minshew because he obviously is a very popular guy over there in Jacksonville. I kind of want to know how much of that is real. How much do you believe like he could potentially be the quarterback of the future? And how much of it is just like, it feels like a meme a little bit. You know, we're, we're all obsessed with his mustache. And I mean, I, I've seen him play a little bit. I saw him in that Thursday night game earlier in the season and just kind of seems like a a check down Charlie for, for no other better word. And, am I missing out on something? Is, is Does he have a lot of potential to be this team's franchise quarterback going forward? I think that what, what gets lost in the shuffle with Minshew is that people have these super high expectations for him because he's starting now. But if you recall, he was a six round draft pick right. and he pretty much had better numbers than Kyler Murray as a rookie. Um, 
he won rookie of the week like seven times last year, but they didn't even nominate him for rookie of the year, whatever. Um, but so his problem is also kind of doing it more on a consistent basis and making better decisions late in the game. Um, you know, he's definitely a guy that he, I, I, I always say, you know, I don't think he's a guy who's single-handedly going to win you games, but I don't think he's going to usually lose them for you either. Um, you know, he, he needs to do a better job of holding onto the football with fumbles and stuff like that. I don't think, you know, going into the season, everybody said, oh, Jacksonville's tanking. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence number one overall. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, no. First of all, the Jags have been bad forever, and they've never even had the number one pick, not even when they were a first-year franchise in 1995. So, I don't think they're going to have the number one pick to draft Lawrence, first of all. And second of all, I think that, you know, Minshew is going to do everything he can to prove that he is a starter. He, you know, he had a very good opening week game against the Colts. He went 19 for 20. Uh, Then he had a very nice game against the Tennessee Titans in week two. uh, The the Jaguars fell just short. And, And, you know, after those two weeks, Jaguars fans had a lot of confidence in him, a lot of confidence in the team. Since then, it's really kind of faltered. Um, you know, they lost to three winless teams in a row. Minshew has had his moments and also, you know, strug- had his struggles. But I think that's kind of natural for any kind of mid-tier NFL quarterback. You know, you're going to have your ups and downs with those kind of players. You know, me personally, I'm a big Minshew fan. Um, I like him. I like his personality. He's a great leader. His teammates respect him. Um, but, yeah, for him, I just like to see him do it on more of that consistent basis, kind of like what I was talking about with Brian. He just needs to you know, be a guy that they can rely on more often. But in my opinion, there's no reason to write Minshew off just yet. All right. And with that, we will take our first break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the matchup between the Lions and the Jaguars. Who's got the advantage where? And we'll talk some predictions right on the other side. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to First Bite, our preview podcast. We're previewing the Lions Week 6 game against Jacksonville Jaguars. And we got Ryan O'Blenis with us from Big Cat Country, the, a staff writer over there, and your managing editor of The Only Colors, the Michigan State blog. Uh, Ryan, let's get into the matchups here. Uh, what, what do you want to know about the Jaguars? Uh, what I want to know about the Jaguars, personally, uh, is are they good or are they bad? And I understand <laughs> that they're probably more bad than good, but they have had some impressive performances. Like they knocked off the Colts in week one. They had a really kind of like shoot it out, drag it out, close game against the Titans who look like they're legit and they're actual contenders. So they've, they've had some good stuff, but then they've also, you know, they got shellacked by the Dolphins. They got beat by the Bengals. And then they lost last week to the Texans who just fired their head coach and GM. So like were the Jaguars like fool's gold in the beginning of the season and they've just revealed themselves to be bad or or what is the deal with the Jaguars as a whole? Yeah. yeah that's kind of a loaded question, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, like that's the thing, right? I don't know if they're playing down to their competition and playing up to their competition, but to me, when you look at the, the current roster, um, the issue is that they're just not ready to compete with most NFL teams right now because they're so young. They're so inexperienced. They don't really 
have, I think, you know, what it takes to, to compete with some of those better teams. And I, I think the Colts game was maybe a bit of, okay, there was no preseason. You know, the offseason was bizarre, obviously, with, with everything going on. Um, you know, it was just different for every team. Phillip Rivers maybe didn't have the time he needed to get ready for the Colts. So I think the Jags were able to, to kind of go in there and surprise the Colts a little bit with what they were doing. Uh, maybe they were a little bit well-prepared little bit more well prepared than the Colts um so they were able to take that one the the second game against Tennessee you know the offense played great but the defense was pretty abysmal the Jaguars had the first three games of the year they allowed an opening drive touchdown I don't think I've ever seen that Um, so you know most of the issues are on the defensive side of the ball as we kind of mentioned before and you know with the offense is more of a consistency thing so I, I would kind of agree that yeah the Jaguars are more bad than good right now but it really what it boils down to is just the, the inexperience. Um, you know, I think this team is building itself up to be good in a year from now, two years from now, whatever. Well, we, we've mentioned that, you know, we're, we're both not happy with our team's defense. Offense on both sides of the ball has potential. So I guess my question is, are we in for a shootout? Is that what, I mean, we know the Lions kind of like to avoid shootouts. We, we know they like to kind of establish the run, do these long possessions. Maybe this is a week they change that up out, out of the bye week. But from the Jaguars' point of view, is is that the game plan too? I mean, we talked about how much of a mismatch it is with the Jaguars' run game versus the Lions' run defense. Would they rather just run out the clock, run out these long possessions and just kind of hammer the Lions? Or would they be okay kind of getting into a shootout if, if Minshew has to air it out? Yeah, that was something I was thinking about too about this matchup. Is you know, I, I can see this being a shootout, but you know, if if I'm Jay Gruden calling the plays, I'm I'm trying to grind the clock out, give the ball to James Robinson, let him you know gas that defense and just control the clock. And I also think you know if you're able to do that, then you're going to open things up in the play action pass game. Um, you're going to allow Minshew better opportunities. So you know, I I, I do think this is going to end up being a close game. Um, you know, that might be a shootout or it might be low scoring, but I do think that you know, these teams are going to compete with each other uh, neck and neck all the way through the game. They're both pretty desperate to get a second win. And, I, you know, so I definitely think it's going to be close. Now, you mentioned too, Ryan, that the Jags have a little bit of a banged up secondary, you know, CJ Henderson missing time and just being uh, and DJ Hayden also missing time. They, they seem to be picking up everybody's like spare parts too, like Sidney Jones. But I, I think he got a pick last week, right? Yeah, he did. He, he uh, looked impressive, actually. I, I was pretty happy with that signing because when they originally signed him, they just signed him to the practice squad, um, you know, low risk. And when Hayden and, and Henderson went down, he stepped up. So Yeah, that, and that must be nice because <laughs> in Detroit, when the DBs go down, it turns into, and God bless his soul, but like Tony McRae is just not a defensive player. He's a special teamser, you know? Yeah. But the, the Jags have this, you know, pass defense that maybe it can be a little hamstrung if they're not getting that pass rush. Their defensive backs are, you know, banged up and dinged up and things like that. Like, you as a Lions fan, also knowing the Jags defensive backfield, do you think this is the week where Matthew Stafford just throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns or what? I, you know, I could definitely see that. I think the um, the Jags defense, like I said, they were banged up against the Texans, but they actually played a lot better. Uh, so, you know, like like we said, Sidney Jones kind of stepped up. He got the pick. Um, and, 
So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he's going to throw for 400 yards, but I could definitely see a pretty big game for Stafford. I know he's had kind of a you know a quiet start for for his terms this season. Um, you know, I, I think that he's going to probably have a nice game. Yeah. Can can I turn the question right back on you, Ryan? Because I feel like we talked about this exact scenario last week or two weeks ago against the Saints. Like we knew this that was probably going to turn into a shootout, and we both wondered to ourselves, are the Lions finally going to kind of let the reins free with Matthew Stafford. And early in the game, I think they kind of did in that game. They, they let him take some deep shots and then they got conservative a little bit. And guess what? 35 straight points from the saints. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so is it, they've had, they've had a bye week to think it over, Ryan. They're healthy. <laughs> They're healthy. All their offensive weapons are healthy at this point. They, they, you know, they know they've had two weeks to prepare for Jacksonville. They've seen, you know, they're, they're not a great run defense, but they're definitely a bad pass defense. So, Ryan, is this the week Matthew and Stafford finally uncorks it and we see some creative big plays downfield? <laughs> which, Come on. Which Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which Ryan you were asking. I'm sorry. I'm, I, well, I was turning it back on you, Ryan Matthews. I'm okay, sorry. That's what I thought. Okay, we're we're, that, we're 20 that, minutes into this thing, and I, I'm just now realizing that you're both named Ryan. <laughs> I've been I've been paying to context clues like a mother, you know, so uh, but no, I I don't think that's going to be the case. I would love for the bye week to have changed Matt Patricia's offensive philosophy, but I don't think I don't think just one week's rest and maybe some I don't know any analytics or knowledge would get to his brain that would have him all of a sudden start airing the ball out in the way that the offense should because I can totally see the Lions just going to Adrian Peterson time and time and time again in this game because they've had time during the bye week. Who knows what the status of the offensive line is? Maybe they could get Joe Dahl back. Um, who knows? You know, Patricia was pretty mum about that in his uh, in his presser today. I'm pretty sure. So um, maybe if they have a healthy offensive line, they're going to want to just attack that you know porous Jags run defense. I don't. I. I I would I would be more willing to bet on that than than anything else. Yeah, and that I mean if if that's the case, this kind of turns from a shootout to almost the exact opposite, just like each team trying to get those 8 minute 70 yard drives going and I mean if if I'm picking sides on who's going to be more successful, it's probably going to be the one with the, the run, rookie running back running for 4.6 yards per carry. That's interesting that you say that, though, because I kind of see it as the Lions would have more success with that. With everything that Ryan's been saying about Jacksonville's inconsistencies on offense, like, you know, I I think the Lions have been like rather like okay at running the football. Sure. Yeah. But But wouldn't you say the Jaguars have been better at running the ball and the Lions worse at defending the run? Okay, you make a really damn good point. (laughs) Is that how you see it? Other Ryan? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, I think, you know, I, I do think that the, the Lions have an interesting stable of backs. I, you know, at the time, I thought the Adrian Peterson signing was going to make things pretty awkward. You know, they just drafted DeAndre Swift. They got right. Carry on Johnson, who's always dealing with injuries and such. But, you know, Peterson, is, he, he hasn't looked all that bad, you know. So, um, but still, my money's on uh, James Robinson having the better game. And I I actually want to touch on one more thing with the Jaguars running game. And I saw some of Jaguars Twitter, you know, uh, I don't know, 
a little anxious over his use in last game. And I want to know if maybe this is a, a, a recurring thing, but it seems like a lot of people were bugged that they've, they've abandoned the running games at times. You know, they're obviously a little bit more successful on the ground than through the air. And they've hung, like, I believe that last game, they were hanging close with Houston until the very, you know, the fourth quarter is like a one possession game, but they had basically abandoned the run. Is that how you have seen it? And, and maybe why we've seen some of these inconsistencies, inconsistencies with their offense? Yeah. So like I was saying uh, earlier that, you know, a lot of it, I think it has to do with, with game script and uh, Jacksonville always having to play from behind these last several weeks. I think three or four weeks in a row now, Minshew's had to throw the ball over 40 times or 40 times at least. And, um, you know, that's just not really his game. Like in the first game that they won uh, against the Colts, he only threw it 20 times. So, you know, like I think the more you can give the ball to Robinson, uh, the better. And that's why I was saying, like, I think if you give it to him early, let him grind the clock, open things up a little bit in the passing game, uh, and then you actually are playing with the lead late into the game and you can rely on him and give him the ball to drain the clock and get the win. And, you know, that's the strategy that I would take. All right, well, then let's move on to our predictions portion of our First Bite podcast. And if you're new to First Bite, what we do is not necessarily a a score prediction. We like to call it the one thing we think we know about this game. It it can be anything. It can be from we expect this guy to get this many yards, we expect this many sacks to happen, or it can be a final score prediction. So we're going to kick it off with Ryan Matthews uh, to show you how it's done, Ryan Oblenis. Uh, I, I I was I was gonna say that my only request is that you refer to me as Dear Ryan for the rest of the podcast, but now I don't even get that. So um, here's the one thing I think I know, and we're 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 performing a little Pride of Detroit synergy here because if you're listening to what my one thing I think I know is, you're going to see it maybe potentially pop up on the podcast on Sunday because this is like a new little thing that we're trying out here. This is. Uh, Actually, some intel I got from my good friend, BK69. Uh, He told me that a surefire bet is the Lions over 27 and a half points this week. I think that this is their first week that they actually score 30 points in a game. And uh, I mean... I'm I'm even putting money on it. It's it's bet $10 to win $6.90. And I'm not kidding. And and by you're betting on it, you mean your friend is betting on it. Uh, did I mess up? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's interesting. We'll have to check on that bet when we when we check back in after our post game podcast on uh, on our live on our Twitch channel, which usually happens around what seven p.m. eight p.m. I yeah. don't even remember what we do. Seven p.m. Uh, all right, Ryan. Uh, other Ryan. <laughs> Undear Ryan, what is your one thing you think you know? Is it is it too soon to say that the Lions blow another fourth quarter lead? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's it's we haven't done it in in one game. <laughs> yeah, we so, blew the first quarter lead. Uh, yeah, like I said, I think this is going to be a, a close game um, all the way through. But I can I I think the Jaguars sneak it out at the end. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. The one thing I think I know. Yep. We're doing it again. DeAndre Swift is going to be a big part of the offense. Finally. Listen. Bench him now on your fantasy nope. lineups. Nope. Jeremy is nope. just. Listen. First <laughs> last, last week he got eight touches and turned him into like 50, 60 yards. Is that a huge thing? No. But it's progress. Catch. He had a touchdown catch. He's going to have at least 100 all-purpose yards. 
in this game. Book it. Oh. Put money on that, BK69. Wherever if you may listening. be. Wherever you may be. <laughs> <laughs> All do you right. really do you really think that's the case though? I mean, like with DeAndre Swift. I, I honestly I I do expect him to continually get more and more touches. And I think why not this game? I mean, I I you see them use speed occasionally in their offense, whether it is to draw people away from from like a guy like Kenny Galladay or just just there's just so much open space in the middle that I mean they're using Jamal Agnew. They used Jamal Agnew a lot last year. I don't know why they don't just use DeAndre Swift in that same role, essentially. And so I, I do think it's going to eventually happen. And why not after, you know, we've had a week of bye, DeAndre Swift's fully healthy now. You know, he, he entered the season with an injury. He's ready. He's ready. This is it. This time, I'm, I'm, I'm for sure. This is happening. I had a really sad thought that I want to share very quickly. Oh, no. When, when you said that DeAndre Swift made an improvement last week, and I said, yeah, he caught a touchdown pass. That is an improvement from week one. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, other true. Ryan, because I don't want to talk to that Ryan anymore. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to promote over at Big Cat Country that Lions fans might be interested in? Uh, you know, we'll have uh, the Q&A with uh, Mike from your yep. staff up probably tomorrow. Come over and check that out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have a lot of great content up about the matchup throughout the week. So just go to BigCatCountry.com, follow us on uh, Twitter for all the content. And what's your personal Twitter account so that people can follow you as well? It's uh, just at Ryan O'Blennis. Perfect. All right, you've heard it. All right, that'll do it for First Bite. Thank you all for joining us. Be sure to tune in to our post-game press conference slash podcast. I don't know. We're we're probably not going to do a press conference because it's just going to be us talking to ourselves. But (laughs) tune in twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit to watch live or we throw up all these things on YouTube as well. Just search for Pride of Detroit on YouTube. But until then... It's chaos. Be kind.